Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their 0 to 30,000 MR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent, it costs half as much as in-house developers. And you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us. We'll give you the first 30 days, no risk, and we guarantee being on time and on budget, or we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at OneStop.io. Let's talk about your SaaS project today. Today, I have Adrian Toby of Groundhog.io. Adrian is the chief technical brains behind this WordPress CRM and marketing automation for serious WordPress marketers. Adrian will tell us how he came up with the idea for Groundhog, how he built his MVP, and tell us uh, his perspective of being a full-time developer with little to no business background and how he navigated his 0 to 30,000 MRR journey. How are you today, Adrian? I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited yeah. to chat. Yeah, perfect. Excited to chat with you. So tell me about your app. What? Tell me specifically who your customer is and what problem you're solving. So our product, CRM and Marketing Automation for WordPress, we primarily aim our software product uh, at digital marketing agencies or, or WordPress agencies. I used to be an agency myself, doing projects for client. That's where I came from. WordPress. And you were, you're a WordPress developer, correct? Yes. So yes. PHP core and, or any frameworks or? Uh, so, well, most of my background was actually in just building WordPress websites with page builders and layout design, mm -hmm. integrating those with other, and now our competitive uh, CRM and marketing automation products like ActiveCampaign, Infusionsoft, NowKeep, HubSpot, et cetera. Okay. So that's really the background that, that I came from. And you know, coming from that background, I know that small businesses and often have a lot of difficulty implementing successful strategies with marketing automation software. It's not the easiest product in the world to really get your, your money's worth out of. So rather than marketing to small businesses specifically, which often have a high churn rate simply mm -hmm. because, you know, if a project doesn't take off, then yeah. they cancel, right? So yeah. we, we aim our, our core business and, and certainly where we make our highest profit margin at digital marketing and WordPress agencies because they spend the most and they require the least amount of support and they always renew their license because regardless of whether the client uh, or their clients actually, their, their ventures end up being successful or not, the agency is kind of like consistent and persistent, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So interesting, CRM space is, you know, obviously very competitive. Can you tell me about like, how you found this space in in the because I use Active Campaign, mm -hmm. you know, I presume like Mailchimp it is found sort me. of pardon. <laughs> it found me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell yeah. me the story. Yeah. I, I imagine you're. Uh, this is what I imagine. You're an agency, and you're you have a client that asks you to build this because they can't they can't solve their problem, and then you sort of st stepped into it and was like, wow, this is a really pro big problem. Is that sort of the story? 
No. It's actually a much longer story than that. Okay, let's um, hear it. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> one, one that dates back long before uh, I was even employable or worked at all. So my family has mm. always been very entrepreneurial. So the agency of which I keep referring to is actually my, my dad's digital marketing agency, which he started back when I was in high school. So, and even before in high school, what we used to do is travel the country, Canada and the United States, uh-huh. and train small businesses on how to do their own digital marketing, things like search engine optimization, how to write, you know, blog posts that'll actually rank, how to do your keyword research back when search engine optimization used to be a lot easier than it is yeah. now, way before yeah. Google Panda. So we would travel and I would often go with my dad and I would set up the booth and the equipment and I would run the microphone around the room and I would collect the order forms at the back of the room when he sent everyone. It's like, hey, listen, so if you found like this, like, you know, one day intensive really valuable and you're seeing results because back then it was so easy that as they were following through the training and the seminar, they could actually see stuff start to rank in real time, which was a very mm. successful way to get people to go and wow, spend more money. I can't even imagine that ranking in real time. Now that's it's like yeah, it's months, not possible right? anymore. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't like, happen yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. So but they would see those results and then they'd we'd send them to the back of the room and I'd collect the order forms and I was just like always there, uh, just absorbing information about like like this digital marketing stuff. And then, you know, Search engine, search engine marketing and optimization got a little bit more difficult and getting people to your website became less trivial. So we had to come up with, well, I didn't have to, but my, my dad yeah. you know, started branch out in terms of the things of which he would train on in order to create value for people in basically anywhere from three hours to three days because we were in the training business. That's what we were really okay. good at. Sorry, can I just interject? Were you homeschooled then? You're sort of traveling no. around with him? No. Uh, okay, no. So, so is... if we were traveling, it was only for, for one to three days at most. Oh, okay. So, uh, so you... I went okay. I went to public school like like the rest of us, probably. Okay. <laughs> very, very not, very traditional education. No no private school, no homeschool. No, just mm-hmm. uh, okay. Earl Haig High School here in Toronto. Okay. So going around doing that, we needed a different thing. So my dad turned to, well, it's difficult to get people to the website, or at least it's a lot more difficult to get people to the website than it used to be. But once they get there, all right, well, let's, let's assume that, you know, a small business has someone at the website. Like, what do we do then? You know, how do we turn that person who visits a website into a paying customer? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that was, you know, hypnotic copywriting, landing page design, effective like layout and menu stuff and then the critical component of that was customer communication and how do you Mm -hmm. keep a conversation or how do you initially initiate a conversation between a visitor uh, and your business so that you can continue to nurture that person until they become a paying customer and the way that we do that is with a crm and with email marketing someone submit comes to your thing it's like hey do you want to quote submit this uh give us your email Give us your phone number and we'll give you a call or we send you an email and we'll get you a quote in like 20 mm-hmm. less than 24 hours, right? That's yeah. how a lot yeah. of conversations start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we would do or what he would do at that point was start training people on how do you set up this customer communication system to be able to say, accept someone's information, give them value in return, create a customer. Yeah. 
It's so, can I just say what like what sort of time period are we talking about? This is 2016, 2017. Yeah, that, that would of, be okay. around 2000. Uh, no, a little bit earlier than that. Okay. Uh, this would be 2013, 2014. Okay, and so uh, this, you're be, still in high school at this time. So uh, this is pre high school, so this is okay. before I got it. I, I no, I started university in 2015. Oh, so that's even earlier. So this would be like 2011, 2012. Okay. Yeah, okay, because great. I would have been in early high school at this point in time. Okay. Yeah, so this is 2011, 2012, as when my my family was introduced to a software called Infusionsoft. Mm-hmm. Confusionsoft, right? Which was Soft, right? the front runner at that point in time yeah. for marketing automation and CRM. Really, a, they were at that point in time very much a evangelist for the for the for the type of software they were what's the word i'm looking for they were certainly inventive mm-hmm. a synonym they were, of they were really a market like an early adapt you know sort of yeah looking for early yeah. adapters and they were shakers and lo- movers a lot of sure. big copywriters were, were used was using it. it was a big marketers uh yeah. you know sort of the early really good guys that were into copywriting yeah so basically fell in with them I became an, even an, like an Infusionsoft certified partner when I was 18 or 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And I, while in the agency during university, which I started in 2015, I went to the University of Toronto for computer science. Mm-hmm. Excellent um, school. <laughs> and during that period of time, we were all in with them. I was working with hundreds of companies, small businesses, both here in Canada and the United States and building thousands of campaigns and sending hundreds of thousands of emails with other mm-hmm. people's lists through Infusionsoft and various other tools like ClickFunnels. So I, I went to like the whole Russell Brunson Funnel Hacker Conference thing, saw Tony Robbins, did the big rah-rah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. During that period of time, I developed my first product, which is Formlift, still around. And so what it were, does- this is, you're still at university and you- Still in university. You, and that's where you learned to code. So you really, you were learning to code at university? What stack? Not really. I learned no. to code on YouTube. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay. I really oh, did. University was, university was an informative and what, more entertaining theory? experience. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. I went not necessarily for education. I went because, well, I mean, I did by design when I was going to university, but yeah. I went more as of, uh, you know, I joined a fraternity. I, I had friends yeah, there. Friend, I just yeah. wanted, I wanted the experience, right? But it's not, it's never really something. I did not grow up being told that, you know, get a good, go to university, get a degree, get a good job. That's not, that wasn't my, my path. Yeah. That was never what was laid out. That's because me. your father was sort of, was it because he, he showed you that life could be different or did he encourage you to say, I don't want you to get a real job. I think, you know, real jobs are, you know, prison sentences. Defi- it was definitely a combination of the two. My, my dad certainly isn't the one that encouraged me to go to university. My, my mom is. She's like, you have to okay. go, you have to have the experience. Okay. Right. You know, it'll, it'll, all, it'll, it'll always be like if you get if you get the degree, it'll always be a safe cushion. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my mom. Okay. My fair dad enough. was like, you don't fair need enough. that. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. OK. Yeah. So started started my first product it was a WordPress plugin. It made Infusionsoft forms be integratable into WordPress in a much easier way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually still fills a, a very specific market niche because they actually haven't updated in the last seven years their uh their web form module as of, of their mm-hmm. product which is amazing to me but i digress yeah. at least it you know uh it funds my rent basically okay <laughs> uh, that bad. product yeah so that's okay 
Yeah. But and that's really where I kind of, you know, started to realize that building product was a more efficient way to create wealth as well as to create result not only for myself but for others mm-hmm. versus doing agency work. So yeah. Working within a digital marketing agency, uh, we suffer consistently from something called Shoemaker's Sun Syndrome. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Actually, you know, someone just told me yesterday about this story about the Shoemaker's Sun. But for our listeners, uh, explain it Explain it to them. Well, it's, so essentially, the, the Shoemaker's Sun spends all day fixing, or the Cobbler's Sun, for, for mm-hmm. anyone who's familiar with the actual terminology, the Cobbler's yeah. Sun, Shoemaker spends all day working on other people's shoes so much so that he never has a chance to work on his own. So the cobbler son always wears the worst shoes yes, because they just right. spend so much time working on other people's. Right. And that's very much true never of painted. agency work. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. very much the case of, of agencies. They, since they're always spending time on other people's stuff, they, they never really have an opportunity to sit down and, and, and create those similar results, the same results that they make for other people for themselves. Right. Whereas uh, so, in a SaaS, in a SaaS or a product, you do because that's basically your lifeblood, right? That's basically that's that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're a CRM and marketing automation company like myself, you you better believe that you're spending the same amount of time creating systems and processes that are going to generate you wealth as the as what you're providing to your customers. Like we yeah. you, we breathe our own product, right? So right. So you're using your own product. You're making it better. How much are you? Are you creating in your product that makes it easier for you, or are you listening more to your customers and building features out? It's a it's a combination of both. So, like I like I mentioned, our, our core customer is the agency. So while I was working, yeah, in so it's really agency, you. It's like your dad. It's like your dad's company. So while I was working in the agency, I identified hundreds of efficiency problems mm-hmm. as work working as an agency trying to deliver results for customers. Right. So things like it was literally impossible to just copy and paste a campaign from one business to another. Like if I wanted to like copy this sequence of 10 emails Mm -hmm. from one account, right, that we have with some dog food company to another Mm -hmm. account for like a car wash. Not Mm -hmm. that that's ever really a comparison that you'd make in real life, but as an example, like that was a very difficult process. So you'd spend like an hour just copy and pasting emails. Yeah. And when you're spending so hours no doing templates. that, that's, that's, no, that's basically money templates. There was missing templates. Is that, is that, was that the problem or? Well, it was difficult. So there was no port like there was no information portability, right? So as an agency over time, you know, if you want, after you work with enough companies, you start to identify things that work over and over and over again and create consistent results. And yeah. you want to be able to use that information, right? But if there's no just like copy and paste that takes three seconds to put some strategy into some business, then you're spending hours doing that. And when you're spending hours in an agency, guess what? Time is like time is literally money. You're, yeah. A lot of times you're billing by the hour. Yeah. Uh, and if you use up your entire budget with a company just copy and pasting stuff, well, you know, not only are you in like the, you know, in hot shit, but you know, the customer is certainly not happy because you wasted all your budget doing that. So I identified a number of efficiency problems, that being one of them, working mm-hmm. as an agency, trying to deliver results fast for clients. Uh, and then when we turn to making 
this product Groundhog, basically my objective was to solve all those efficiency problems that as an agency I experienced working with other products. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So going back to the MVP, when you built this, were you building it for yourself or did you is did your customer ask you to build it? It sounds to me like you were building this for your own agency and that is how the product was born. Is that correct? I so in twenty eighteen, in the first semester I was still in university. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't be for much long. I actually dropped out after the first semester. I failed. I failed my first course ever in my entire life. And I got like a forty-nine, so close. Were you, because you were partying <laughs> with the the frat boy, your brothers. No, because I was working on form lift the whole time. Uh, okay. uh, so I would go. I would go to the library with yeah. my girlfriend, who would actually study on on the work that she was supposed to be doing. And I would not study. I would just work on form lifts. Like, oh, you know, someone requested this feature and I should build that. Or, oh, I have this really great idea for a new feature. I can sell that, right? Yeah. So I was building my first product company, form lift, basically when I should have been uh, studying. And that cost me and I failed, of course. And then I, I did the math because while doing university, I was doing it part-time. I was, I was doing night school, essentially. And then I was okay. working full-time in the agency during the day. Okay. And... I did the math. It would have taken until something like 2025 or 2027 to graduate at the current pace. Okay. And I was like, I am not going to spend, it was 2018. I'm not going to spend the next nine to 10 years Decade, of my yeah. life yeah. doing night school. Yeah. That's yeah. just not something that I'm interested in. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So I dropped out. Uh, and then I had to make another choice. It's like, well, do I just kind of like want to keep the status quo and keep, you know, doing form lift and, and hoping that that takes off it wouldn't, and it hasn't, and it won't, mm. because Formlift is a very niche product, and mm. its potential user acquisition is capped by the number of people that Infusionsoft mm-hmm. now keep has at any given time. And one of the other problems when, well, for any product that is dependent on another, so you offer like a very specific integration between you know, product A and product B. If, if you are only offering or you have a limited number of integrations that you offer, uh, you are not the owner of the customer when you get one. The other company that you integrate with is the owner of that customer. And if that customer leaves, that organization, that product, guess what? They're going to leave you too. So that's something that I experienced with Formlift all the time is someone would leave Infusionsoft. And guess what? When they leave Infusionsoft, they cancel Formlift because they're not my customer. They're someone else's customer. And I'm just me. I'm just an app, right? I'm just I'm just like a means to an end. I'm not the platform product. So recognizing this, I'm like, okay, well, if I stick with agency, I have to deal with agency stuff. And you know, I was no exception to the rule in terms of running an agency. Like we got bad clients, and it was long hours, and you know, there was always problems in terms of efficiency and strategy, and just. You know, we it, some some agencies certainly like give off the the vibe that like everything is like perfect always, and that's just never the. I, I don't think that's ever the case, and it certainly wasn't with us. And I decided yeah. that I didn't really want to do that for the foreseeable future because uh-huh. I wanted. I was I was getting FOMO because, like I said, I was a shoemaker's son. I'm saying, I'm I'm creating these campaigns. Like we made we did hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a weekend for our dog food company from a series of nine emails that I wrote and putting funny little gifts in them and that somehow generated $150,000 and I'm like why can't I want to do that for me I don't want to just keep doing that for other people so I was getting a lot of FOMO I have fear of missing out and 
I was like, well, so what do I do? And I had identified all of these efficiency problems. And I'm like, well, I kind of know how to build a WordPress product and a plugin because I did that with Formlift. So why don't we take this knowledge and instead of being in a position where someone else has the customer, why don't we create a product where we own the customer mm -hmm. and we solve all of these problems at the same time and we can choose specifically who we want to work with uh, and sort of create this, this, this network of agencies and small businesses to help solve small business problems. Okay. Can, were you at this time, were you still working for, for your father in the agency or was it for a different, your own agency? My father's. So okay. whenever I say agency, just assume it's the, fa it's the family biz. Okay. So is you, did you bring your dad along with you to um, Groundhog then? He still does his agency work. Uh, okay, he helps so he out. Does... No, he does. Okay. Yeah. So he'll, he'll help out. He helps out a lot with our certified partner program, for example, because he's an agency and all of our certified partners are agencies. So that, that so, relationship okay, So he really can well. speak like, because... Because I'm I'm in a very similar situation as to, to you, right? I run an agency, but I also have my own products that I build. So I can wear that hat and think like the customer, which I find very useful, especially for marketing, right? Um, so so you're still involved with the agency? No. You're not? No. no. But you can uh, still so wear I that actually... hat. You still can yeah. wear that hat, though, because you can think very much like an agency, what their problems are. You can talk to your dad. Uh, what do you think about this, you know, from a, from your perspective, your client's perspective? Yeah, I lived, well, I, li I lived and breathed that world. And I based a lot of my product based on that world. So, yeah, I still wear that hat. But uh, in 2018, when I made the move to to Groundhog, I made it I made a clean break. And I just mm -hmm. I left all I left all agency work behind and focused purely on on my product company. OK, so let's go back to that. How was that move? Like how much? Were you giving up with your, just, I guess the agency was paying you like a salary? Your dad was paying you something? Yeah, like a... I, was, I was collecting a very comfortable salary. Certainly okay. at 20 years old, I was paid well, um, yeah. even though it was a family business. But it, I live in Toronto, so yeah, it's, it's expensive. one of the most expensive places to live in yeah. the entire world. Yeah. And, but even considering that, I was doing, I was doing okay. And when I was like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to, I want to build a product company. They're like, well, that's awesome. You know, well, how are you going to pay for that? So I went and got a, I got money from my grandfather. Okay. Who's a very generous, family. but frugal yeah. man. And yeah. uh, he collected interest and is collecting okay. interest. And <laughs> okay. uh, Good. what was that loan? What, what did you need? What did you figure you needed? And what well, was that I needed, loan going to cover? So that loan was basically just going to, just going to cover me uh, essentially being able to live to till the point where Groundhog was a sustainable business. Okay, so um, you didn't have any, so sorry, the other, the, the other plugin was helping you a bit, eh? Yeah, um, and Formlift yeah. was generating a consistent two to $3,000 a month at that Yeah, point. so that was like enough for you to kind of get yeah. by, but not enough to live in Toronto. Not enough um, to live in Toronto, and plus there's all there's also all the other expenses and, that yeah. come with running a business. You know, yeah, you gotta, exactly. You got to yeah. pay for bookkeepers. You got to pay for lawyers. You got to pay for incorporation. You got to pay for software. There's yeah. all these other things that that go of along course, with yeah. it. The the less glamorous side of running a product company, right? There's always people that you got to pay. There's always yeah. softwares that you got to pay for, yeah. right? And uh, so my grandpa's my grandfather's money helped out with that a lot, and also helped out a lot when I hired my first employee. So the MVP, the minimum viable yeah. product, I made yeah. in between August and October. Of 2018. Of 2018. 
October's when Groundhog Inc., Groundhog Incorporated, was officially registered uh, in Ontario, Canada. And we got our letter of incorporation and our CRA number and all that fun stuff. Okay. And that's also the month where we pushed Groundhog to the WordPress repository. So I did the entire the entire in three first months. So it's, was where, was it? But you had no customers at this time. No customers. No, but you had no. a customer list like of agencies you had built. So you had you had an idea that you could go out and, and sell to them. No, and did no you didn't. No. So it was really <laughs> okay. Looking so, back, do you feel like that was was that? Uh, that sounds like a risk, kind of a risky move to me. I mean, you're taking a loan out. What do you? What What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like going back? Would you do it the same way? Or um, yeah, I mean, yeah. so rewind to yeah. that point. Like my thought process was there is no possible way where this doesn't work. <laughs> really? Right? Okay. I I spend a lot of time. Before then, I spent a lot of time in Facebook groups. I spent a lot of time in Slack channels. I just spent a lot of time in a lot of places where agencies hang out mm-hmm. and small businesses hang out. And the consistent ask or the consistent frustration was that it's too expensive, it's too complicated, and it's too difficult to integrate with WordPress. Okay. And like, I'm like, I can solve those three problems. Yeah. And if I did, there's there's no way in my mind that there this could possibly fail at in any way, shape, or form. When you're saying it, are you talking about Infusionsoft or are you talking about CRMs in general? CRM marketing automation in general. Okay. This was yeah, this there's... was a consistent problem with Infusionsoft, with Active Campaign, uh, yeah. with with HubSpot, especially considering yeah. the the cost of the entrance fee for HubSpot is in the two thousand dollar range. Mm-hmm. When you add the marketing automation suite, of course. Um, okay. So, in my mind, there there is there is there is no way that people wouldn't love this product. That so being would... said, I made many 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 mistakes uh, right. during during the initial launch period. Okay, I'd like to get into those mistakes, but it sounds to me like you you did have some customers. I mean, you essentially had a ch- some channels you could go in and make a post in these Facebook groups and say. Uh, and ask them questions. Uh, well, our say, first hey. customers came from the agency. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. All of my, all sense. of my dad's clients, we, yes. we, we basically put on Groundhog, right? Okay. And, and they made a complete switch from using an Infusionsoft to, to getting everybody over. Which is very products. expensive, right? My, my Which is memory, quite yeah. expensive. When, yeah. Once you have more than 500 people on your list, you're upwards of $200, $300 a month. That's what I thought, yeah. And very confusing. Too. I mean, my, well, I can't. You know. I can't speak to that for yeah. for legal reasons. <laughs> right, right. And also, you were an expert in it. Um, okay, so let's go through the launch. Then you built it in three months, which is great. That's a great MVP. So tell me about the launch. You you put it into the repository, and yeah, we we put it in the repository, and you know, fell victim to the world's greatest fallacy on the planet: build it, and they will come. Yeah. <laughs> Guess yeah, what? Yeah. They won't. <laughs> so my initial you know i had i had money to play with i had my grandfather's money to play with um and i also had just hired an employee to to help with development and building Mm -hmm. integrations and extensions Uh, integrations are are the number one way or at least one of the best ways in order to invite new audiences to come and play with your product uh, yeah. So we spent a lot of time building integrations and then we'd reach out to the people that we built integrations with and like, hey, listen, we built this, you know, if you want to share it with your audience, like that, that'd be cool. 
And, Can you give me some a, examples of some of the early integrations you mean? I mean, first of all, WordPress is one, so you got traffic immediately from WordPress, right? Yeah, so there's a built-in, you know, the reason yeah. we chose WordPress and not just to kind of like go it alone is like WordPress is a built-in community. Yeah. Um, and there's you and know, people you find to, you too, right? There's there's yeah. a, a, probably a, its own art of search um, search optimization inside the WordPress plugin directory. Absolutely. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Ranking and things like that. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, definitely through that. Although WordPress isn't going to do any promotion for you, so we focused on building integrations and building relationships with other successful plugin developers. Like Chris Badgett, Lifter LMS was was one of our earliest kind of champions and in, in terms of an integration partner. Sorry, what was that one? Chris Badgett from Lifter LMS. Lifter it's the LMS, second most okay. popular uh, LMS plugin currently for WordPress. Okay, what's LMS? And learning management system. Okay. Uh, right. So if you're familiar with learning, oh, like actions, coaching so. and is that yeah. like coaching and stuff? Okay. Like courses, video tutorials, okay. stuff like that. Okay, which is huge in WordPress, I would imagine. Very, right? yeah. yeah, very, yeah, very large, very significant audience. So okay. He how was, was that our... approaching? How was how was that approaching you? Just kind of did you just uh, send him an email, or did you have to work at it, or or how how did it go? Uh, actually, it took a very roundabout way to get there. So let me explain sort of my process. So the first thing I did, I, I'm going to rewind and I'm going to take you through the entire process to actually Great. getting customers on, on, a, okay. on a regular basis. Okay. Uh, so the first thing I did was buy Facebook ads. Now, mm -hmm. uh, as uh, coming from an agency, you know, I had done Facebook ads before and I've seen lots yeah. of people do Facebook ads and I've seen Facebook ads work very successfully for a lot of businesses. So I'm like, well, I'll just do Facebook ads for Groundhog because that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that'll probably work. So I ran up a done a Facebook ads. I spent three thousand dollars in a week. And would you like to know how much money I made? Mm, Fifty. I made zero. Zero. Yeah. That zero like dollars. <laughs> and and I had the conversion tracking set up. I had everything. Yeah. I had made zero dollars after spending three thousand dollars on Facebook ads. Uh, yeah. And the reason that it didn't work, hindsight being twenty twenty, is Facebook ads work really really well when you already have a fire burning. Mm -hmm. So when there's already people excited about your product, you have reviews, you have the sales pages, all you have yeah. the blog posts, everything, everything has been there, right? And there's there's energy behind it, and there's momentum behind it. Facebook ads work with basically as pouring gasoline on a fire, but if there's no fire to begin with, you're just dumping gasoline all over the ground. Yeah, and that's basically what I did. So that was a total flop and a total. Did waste you quit after money. that three thousand? You were like, oh, I this did. I just worked. I just turned said, it off. Oh, I'm like, this doesn't this work. This does, okay. this doesn't work. Okay. Um, and there's also, you know, the you have to keep the audience in mind as well. And, oh, you know, WordPressers spend less time on Facebook, more time on Twitter, for example. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I that's what I find. And and there was all for me, there was generally a lack of knowledge and a lack of clarity on actually who the customer was at that point in time as well. So initially, when when you when I migrated, I sound very clear on who our customer was and who our who our ideal person that we wanted to work with agencies. I sound very clear about that. Now I was much less clear at that point in time. And basically what I wanted to do was undercut everybody on price, mm -hmm. mass like adoption, yeah. ma you know, be so cheap that everybody uses it yeah. just to achieve mass adoption. And obviously that didn't work <laughs> or yeah. else Groundhog would be a household in name by now. Mm -hmm. But it's tough and to gain traction too. It's tough for, Brutal traffic. If you're it selling is. like a ten dollar product, it's hard to get a CPA down to ten, you know, custom, you know, down to that amount. Yeah. So, 
with an overall lack of clarity, I, I just started kind of going around and, and this is my strategy for actually developing an audience and, and creating a steady stream of customers into my own audience uh, and then turning those people into revenue. Uh, so with this price, even with our current pricing and everything, and which and my is what, what is your current pricing? Well, at that point in time, it, it started at $199 for everything. Uh, okay. flat rate one year um and okay, then so that's annual, annual then that's, that's an, an annual, annual rate okay yeah. which is very cheap it's very inexpensive in comparison yeah. to like you're spending 199 at active campaign every month yeah right yeah. so yeah. that was that was my pricing at that point in time and what i was doing was i would go and submit i, I googled wordpress podcast because uh -huh. i was after wordpress users like that's that's who i thought were my customers at that point in time i wanted wordpress people so you so didn't would, you didn't know even though you had been an agency working with an agency you di you didn't have you weren't targeting agencies at that time you were not just... as clearly as I are, as I am today okay. certainly not as clearly even though like I knew that the product worked really well for those people I hadn't focused in on on that vertical so okay. I googled WordPress podcasts and I think I submitted the contact form or the application form to like thirty of them. Maybe like four people got back to me and I booked shows. Uh, mm -hmm. And one of the shows that I booked was with Jonathan Denwood on the WP Tonic podcast, who's a great guy and has been instrumental in my early success. And I don't actually think I give him enough credit. So Jonathan, if you're listening to this, this is for you. Uh, here's, here's your plug. Uh, so I, I went on the, the WP Tonic podcast, the show and killed it. <laughs> yeah. Had a great time and we were riffing and, he invited me back on his Friday show where he does like a round table show where he has four or five guests come on and mm -hmm. there's like topics for the week. Like, you know, we're, one of the hot topic ones was like automatic accepts a massive investment from Salesforce. And we'd like talk stuff about stuff like that and give opinions that don't really carry any weight or anything, but it's kind of just like fun to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, on that particular show, on that Friday show, that's where I met Chris Badgett. Chris Badge is like, wow, it sounds like you have a really interesting product. Would you like to come ah, on my okay. show okay. and talk about your product so that I can share it with my audience? And then someone listened to that podcast. And then I was invited on another podcast. And it was kind of like this chain of people listening to other people's shows. And then I would just kind of get invited around. And also when I submitted to more shows, I had this repository of showing that I was consistently offering value to audiences and was able to bring something to the table so that they would actually like to have me on on the show. Okay. And then through that I was able to send a bunch of people obviously to to Groundhog and develop my my Did own you have an audience. offer? Did you have an offer that you that you um, had for the for these podcast shows? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. It depends it depends on the host, right? It depends on, you know, whether they want you to actually talk about the product. Sometimes people don't want me to talk about that. They just want me to come and tell about my story, kind of like what right, I'm doing yeah. now and my experience yeah. and how I got from point A to point B and, and less mm -hmm. about what my actual product does. Yeah. Uh, so if it's one of those shows, usually not. But if they want me to come and talk about the product, it's like, you know, what does it do? Who does it help? How does it work? Then usually at the end, you know, they're like, well, do you have an offer for us? And I'll be like, here's, here's, here's the code. Uh, so it really depends on on the type of the show and the host. I mean, if you if you if you ask me to leave an offer, I'll absolutely give you one. Otherwise, I'll, I usually just say, hey, if you want to find me, uh, I'm available at groundhog.io at Adrian Toby on Twitter, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm super reachable. If you have a question, just just reach out. I'll be happy to chat yeah. with you. And were, were people taking you up on that? Sometimes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but mostly you, mostly it was the traffic that you were getting. It sounds like and building a relationship for with example, um, for example, with uh, um, Chris Paget. Yeah, the the relationship component, the building relationship component, is absolutely the most important because I'll tell you what happened next. So, after kind of developing a relationship with Chris, after after going on his show, we we started to do like not well irregularly scheduled catch up calls and kind of just share what we were doing. And near the end of 2019, yeah, so a year in at this point in in the Groundhog, not seeing massive adoption not seeing like massive success and, and certainly revenue or cash flow is not nearly where i had wanted it to be yet you know i'm sharing mm-hmm. all this information with chris and, and chris is like well you need to go to an event called cabo press which is run by a very influential wordpresser his name is chris lemma and he's the he's the vp this is an event this, this is, is an event, event. okay where where uh around 60 kind of like wordpress people of consequence are are you know fly out to Cabo, Mexico for five days and share strategies and discuss pain points and come up with solutions and it's basically like this giant brainstorm session. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chris was like, you know, you're you're obviously having all of these like early early business problems and I had all of those problems and I solved them at Cabo Press. He's like, but you have to get invited. So he spoke. Which is where the relationship component comes in. So he okay. spoke to he the other made Chris. The intro. Chris okay. He made yeah. the intro, and uh, it turns out someone. It was fully booked, but it turns out that the 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 hour before I requested access, someone else had canceled. Uh huh. Brilliant. So the, the yeah. so the universe certainly lined up to make that one happen. Okay. And uh, I ended up flying down there, and I shared my problems at this point, which were, you know, no one is buying my product, even though it's really inexpensive compared to everybody else. You know, we're having these like support issues. We're having like these customer issues. You know, we, we, we haven't seemed to find like product market fit yet. Uh, and then everyone basically told me the same thing. I, I shared my same problem, my list of problems to like every single person there, like all 60 people and every single person without fail told me the same thing. Uh, and the first thing that said was, it's too inexpensive. Yeah. It's too cheap. Okay. It's not expensive enough. Yeah. No one is going to believe that you can replace something which costs thousands of dollars a year for $200. Like no one's going to believe that. Because they're true. already used to spending thousands of dollars yeah. a year. And That's you're right. saying you can just replace that for, for $200? Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I just want to interject here because I think it's really important. Anyone that's listening, we've, we've said this before on the show, but people that see a price like that, they, they immediately think, well, it must not be good. What's the catch? Right? Yeah, what's the catch? It's, it, must not, it must not be sophisticated enough you know, for my needs. So I'll, There's, there's I, no I, way a, a $5 product can solve a $5,000 problem. Right, exactly. Right? That's a very extreme comparison to what I was. I was still at $200. But yeah. people are used to solving upwards of $2,000 problems, and still there's a, there's a disparity between that. Right. right. So this is really more of a mastermind? Is this like kind of a big mastermind? Well, there's like... they they have they have like breakout sessions where there's specific uh-huh. topics, and then a lot a lot of it is just getting and but fostering it's... relationships with other right. WordPress business owners. Okay. Podcasters. But it's intimate though. It's sort of yeah, intimate. It's very with intimate. All guys that are sort of at the same level as you, or did they have some senior guys in there too that were you know? I some was guys definitely the least senior. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they had I was some big right guys at the bottom of the totem pole when I went yeah. there. But, Which is you know, a great yeah, like, place for you to be. Delicious but, Brains, like, yeah. Delicious Brains was there. And, uh, well, Chris Badgett, you know, second, you know, 
top two LMS products for WordPress, mm-hmm. WP Man or, or um, sorry, uh, Ninja Forms, uh, Saturday Drive was there. Yeah, uh, people from the Awesome Motive. Uh, organization okay. were there so okay. very like like we're talking like wordpress heavyweights and i'm right, just right. there walking it's around it's like how would you accomplish this how would you do this you know i'm having this yeah. problem what would be your solution <laughs> do you remember how much that cost you at that time that was inexpensive in comparison to the amount of value that i got from it it was right, expensive at the time when you were doing it it must have sent, must have been expensive right you got to fly to cabo you got to book a hotel so all us what? dollars right yeah Five grand or something like that, five thousand with the event, two thousand for the event, two thousand for the plane tickets, and you know the food and stuff. So, so that's good. I mean, would you say that's your big was your big break? I mean, this is a big break software. Would you say that that was kind of your big break? That that's where things turned around. Was after that event. That's certainly where things turned around for me. Right. Uh, Because I I mean I came back immediately. I changed all the pricing. I changed all the marketing. What did you change it to? What would you change the pricing to? Uh, so at the time before, before Cabo, it started at 199 a year mm-hmm. for everything. And then there were three additional plans that went from like, uh, so it was like one site, five site, 10 sites, 25 sites or something, or a hundred yeah. sites even, mm-hmm. uh, in between it went from 199 to a thousand and a $1,000 was like a hundred sites, which is like way too inexpensive. Yeah. And then I immediately came back, uh, and then I changed the pricing to a plus, uh, or a basic plus pro and an agency with an, the, the agency license. Uh, the basic plan starts at $240, but has limited features, right? So I started, I added this feature. This is still an annual. Still, still right? annual, but it has okay. feature limitations. So okay. basic just has like, a, you know, better email editor and a few additional like actions and triggers and, and some custom field management. And then our plus plan, has like, uh, which starts at $360 a year, has like calendar payments and a bunch of other cool features. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our pro plan, which is $480 a year, which is a much more acceptable price to me, still inexpensive. It's around $40 a month, which is comparative and, and comparable to something like ConvertKit when you have a, yeah. have a sizable list. Mm-hmm. It has all of the integrations in it. So we made our pro plan just automatically have the ones that you need to integrate if you wanna like have WooCommerce, or you want to have Lifter LMS, or you want to have BuddyBoss, or you want to have any of these other platform products, you want an integration, you got to have the pro plan because it costs us much more to invest in those integrations and keep pace with that. So if you want to have that, you have to have the pro plan at least. Okay. Uh, and then our agency plan is, at, is available for up to 25 sites. So an agency can use it for up to 25 of their clients. Mm-hmm. And it's nine hundred and sixty dollars, so co- double the cost of the pro plan. Okay, what is there any reason why uh, you were always selling annual plans? Is that that's like kind of just thing? the WordPress thing to do? Okay, the churn on an annual plan is fifty percent better. Yeah, after okay. twelve months. So oh, really, uh, okay. Yeah, so so the churn on a WordPress plan is fifty percent after twelve months. Okay. And most of that is basically just due to project failure. Is is that your churn, or is that sort of a WordPress? Mine is around forty five percent. Okay, after so that's months. that's a WordPress thing. Okay, that's a, that's and and I've talked to dozens of other WordPress product owners. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. I think I think ACF released their churn rate, Advanced Custom Fields, mm-hmm. uh, and they have a really really good one. But that's because their their specific target market is developers. And when you're working with small businesses and, and, and even agencies, like, as I mentioned earlier, right, it's like they, they, they don't make it. Not, yeah. Agencies, they really. 
that's yeah so sometimes sometimes they just don't make it and you know maybe someone tried to go out go it alone and they ended up getting a job well if they got a Mm -hmm. job guess what they don't need anymore yeah okay so a lot of a lot of that 45 percent to 50 percent just comes from project project failure they didn't they didn't get off the ground it didn't get the results they wanted you know they they were dreamers not doers it happens but would you like to know what the churn rate on a monthly plan is for a wordpress plugin no what is it it's 50% 50% after six months. Yeah, so it's... Because I've done, I've, done, I've done the calculations. Yeah. Because uh, I also sell monthly plans. I don't uh-huh. advertise them very much. I just have them for the people who are unwilling so to pay for a So you're getting a lot better plan. from the annual. Oh, so much better. Yeah, yeah. The, the monthly plan is, is atrociously bad in terms of churn. Mm. Um, just because if, if people... If pe- so the type of people buying a monthly plan for... WordPress, you know, they're, they're dabblers. They just want to make sure, right? And, you know, they, they have the opportunity with a monthly plan to just say, you know what, never mind, I'm not going to risk it, right? Yeah. So, there, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot less in investment on behalf of the customer in a monthly plan than there is in an annually purchased mm-hmm. plan. So the churn rate is just much, much, much worse, um, which is why annual plans are, are by far the preferred option for, for okay. WordPress products. And it's also a lot more difficult to sort of enforce licensing yeah. on, on a monthly plan as well. well. So we're getting close to the end of our hour. I just want to make sure, what was the, what, what was the thing that sort of ignited for you? What would, what would you say was your big break? Because um, you came back, you implemented this, you changed your pricing, but still you are having, I mean... You're still having problems with, you still have a customer acquisition problem, right? How did you fix the, that? We were getting traffic to the website. We were. Uh-huh. We, were we were getting around 3,000 3, okay. active visitors, unique visitors per month at that point in time. It just wasn't translating into revenue. As soon as I made that change to the pricing page, revenue doubled. Yeah. That was it. So you like, did you change it for all your existing, you, you sent out an email says the no. price is going up. Okay, so you grandfathered those guys in. Absolutely. So you didn't lose it. You didn't lose any of those customers. No. You raised the price. I did. And as soon as you raised the price, it was sent an it was email sort of... to everyone on the list who wasn't a customer. Uh-huh. So here, here's what I the specific strategy. Uh, I decided I was going to raise the price. Right. Yeah. I came back and before I actually made the change, I sent an email to everyone on our list who wasn't a customer. That said, or, or and two existing customers who had licenses who hadn't upgraded to one of the better plans. Mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm. we're changing the pricing to this. Uh, on this date, you have until then to either upgrade your license to a better plan than, than you have now, or to get a plan if you don't have one at all at this rate. You will not be able to get this again. We will not be selling it again. But if you buy it now, we will grandfather you. And that translated mm-hmm. into a really good month in terms of revenue. Yeah. And then immediately after changing the pricing, we had an even better month because mm-hmm. of all of that traffic that, that was coming that just wasn't converting because... Of the issues that we talked, like if mm. if it's too cheap, it can't do the job right. So yeah, imme- immediately after change, everything started looking up. Oh, that's great. And so when was that about? Was uh, we're sort that of that was too- the end of twenty nineteen. That would that okay. would have been November. Okay. And so we're uh, how did COVID work for you? There was a dip, and a lot of people experienced in March. In, in March. March, yeah, in for, March because of the uncertainty. Right, agencies were like, whoa. Uh, we don't know what's everybody kind of kind of tighten yeah. the purse strings yeah and then but digital businesses thrived like i saw i saw like lift lms i'll send you know reference chris badgett you know yeah. their their business boomed 
because yeah. everyone's turning to, well, how can I teach Virtual. what I was teaching yeah, virtually, virtually? Yeah. And as a consequence, you know, people need to reach their audiences. People need to communicate with people. And, and what you better were a trusted way to do partner than... and Chris was sending you traffic and... Yeah, and, and yeah. people were also just looking for effective and, and cost-effective ways to communicate with their audience. And yeah. what better way to do that than through a WordPress plugin that already integrates with your WordPress site? Okay, that makes sense. Well, that's great. I, I In fact, I could talk about this a lot longer, but it sounds like we sort of uh, you got you launched. We got you up to the, the point where you're sort of launching on your own. You're starting to pay back your grandfather, and, and, he, and he's happy. When do you think you get him paid off? soon yeah yeah good yeah um i just uh, i i like i just like to point out that that at, at this point you know he's just earning interest off us you know ground groundhog yes yeah. as a profitable organization and we've been doing quite well since since then and and now he's just kind of riding the gravy chain <laughs> yeah that's great is he an owner as well no he's not i no, took a, okay. no i'm 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 the sole 100 percent owner okay okay that's good how about, uh, do you have an offer? Give us an offer. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, yeah, so the offer. So uh, for anyone who wants to, you know, who's, who's listening to this, I'm like, wow, you know, we, you didn't talk about the product at all. I want to know more. Well, you can go to Groundhog with 2Gs.io. Uh, you got tons of education there. You got tons of sales pages that for you to peruse, and, and you can judge whether or not I am an effective digital marketer after all. You can go to the pricing. Uh, so the plan, which you'll probably need, four hundred and eighty dollars, but but for uh -huh. you it'll only be four hundred and eight dollars because you can use okay. uh, the following fifty percent discount code, uh, which is one time get fifteen off. Again, get fifteen that's off. Okay, one time, or is it one time fifteen? Sorry, it's one time fifteen off. All caps, one word. Okay. One time fifteen off. That'll get you five percent. Just apply that at uh, at the checkout, and uh, you'll be good to go. And Great. You can find me on Twitter at Adrian Toby. And you can also follow our corporate channel at Groundhog WP also on Twitter. Uh, I'm super reachable and I love uh, talking and, and having conversations with uh, people interested in the, in the space. And you can also find uh, this show once it's recorded and released on my website, adriantoby.com, where I also have listed all of my previous okay, uh, shows great. and interviews. So if you're curious and listening to kind of like the second half of the story, which uh, which we didn't get to today, uh, then you can certainly find that on uh, adriantopi.com. Okay, excellent. We'll have all those show notes in the uh, in the show notes. We'll have all those links in the show notes. So thank you so much for your time today, Adrian. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software big break could be right around the corner. <music>